1: From KMOX Sports, the bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX.
2: A good Tuesday night to you. Welcome into the program. Get ready for uh, quite the evening. We will be with you in some form or fashion from now until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Who knows? We've got sports open line. We'll do this for about the next hour and a half or so. Then we'll get to uh, Cardinal Baseball. They are opening up a series in San Diego tonight against the Padres. I'll be back with you for the postgame show and the extra inning show and by that time, like I said, who knows? It could be 2 o'clock uh, in the morning. So uh, if you want to join us, we got a lot going on between uh, now and about 740. We'll wrap things up. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. If you want to tweet at me, you can do that as well. At Matt Pauly on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, our own Tom Ackerman just tweeted out a uh, photo uh, just a moment ago of Albert Pujols speaking with the media in San Diego. You hear the term media throng, this is that and more. I it probably five levels deep probably of people trying to talk to him as he sits in the uh, visiting uh, dugout in San Diego speaking with the media two home runs away from 700. I'd be curious. By the way, I uh, would encourage you to text this in, uh, and maybe we'll revisit this uh, later on in the program. I want to hear predictions. What's your prediction on? I'm not if we're we're not going if we're going when. What's your prediction on when Albert is going to hit his seventh home run or 700th home run? Uh, and not not so much the day, but more like the series. Is is it going to happen on this road trip? It seems likely to happen on this road trip and because he's back on the West Coast. He's back in Southern California where he's been playing for so long. It just feels like he's between between the Padres series and then probably even more so the Dodgers series where he wrapped up uh, last season. It feels like he's got a couple home runs in him uh, between now and the end of this trip, which in some ways is kind of a bummer because you'd love to see him do it in St. Louis. Now the last thing you want is them like keep him out of the lineup and try to set it up so he does it in St. Louis and then all of a sudden he comes back and he doesn't get it and he has to go get it uh, in that final series uh, in Pittsburgh. So you're, you're not going to, you know, futz around too much with uh, when he's playing and when he's not playing based upon trying to get him uh, to do it uh, in St. Louis. But it's just um, it's a little bit of a, you'd like to see him do it in St. Louis. It seems likely that uh, he would probably do it um, on this trip, maybe, and already a text message from the 636. it all depends on whether they pitch to him. That's true. I thought uh, was it Mike Miner the other day with the Reds who walked him a couple times? It's like, come on, man, come on, he even had him ahead 02 at one point and he still ended up walking. It's like, well, just just th- throw strikes, throw strikes. you you're the Cincinnati Reds. You are not playing for anything at this point. Throw strikes to this guy who's trying to accomplish something. I'm not saying just serve it up. Try to get him out. I'm not asking for any pitcher out there to just serve up home run ball number 700. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying challenge him. Give him the opportunity to do something. So, Yeah, that's a a good point from the 636. But what are the predictions? 314-436-7900. Text in and predict when... He is going to uh, end up getting home run number 700. This is what the schedule looks like, by the way, if you're not familiar with what the schedule looks like between now and the end of the season. So they're on this West Coast trip. Uh, They'll play three games against the Padres, three games against the Dodgers. They then come back to the Midwest. Uh, But don't come home. They'll be off on uh, Monday. Then they'll have two games against the Brewers next Tuesday and Wednesday before they're back home for a series against the Pirates. And then they finish off the season in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. So they're going to play six straight against Pittsburgh, three at home, three on the road. Send in those predictions. When is Albert Poulos going to hit 700? Which series? The Padres series, the Dodgers series, the Brewers series, Pirates one or Pirates number two? Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Here's what we've got coming up on the program today: Carter Chapley from STL today, and uh, STL Pinchets is going to uh, join us in just a few moments. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the the transaction that was announced yesterday uh, in front of today's game. Nolan Gorman down, Juan Yepes up, and I feel like this move does have some implications on the team. Now, let's be clear. Gorman had not been getting a ton of playing time and Gorman had not been overly effective, but at the same time, he's got pop. He can hit home runs and you like having that on the roster. He just wasn't doing enough. And at some point in time, you do the thing where is development being stalled by a player being on the big league roster? I always say just because you get to the big leagues doesn't mean development stops right there. It continues on. And for young, really talented players who are going to be a big part of your organization moving forward, when they make it to the big leagues for that first time, there's, you really want to be able to play them as much as possible. And for a while, Gorman was getting a ton of playing time because the development was able to continue as he went into his slump really over the last three weeks to a month and hasn't played that much, what are you doing to him in terms of his development? Now, there's not a whole lot of time left at Memphis. There's about a week left in the season for Memphis, so it's not like he's going to get a ton more playing time between now and the end of the season, but you do have to put into consideration the idea of, Uh, development and making sure you continue to help ballplayers be the best ballplayers that they can become. So uh, we'll talk a little bit with Carter Chapley about that. Uh, We'll talk about the postseason roster construction, how defense and speed is playing into the decisions that may be made coming up uh, on the postseason. Gorman going down plays into that. Ben Deluzio being on the roster plays into that. There's a lot of things all on the same day that uh, Harrison Bader, is set to be up with the Yankees and be healthy and be playing. And uh, when Bader left, and that, that was a great trade, what you've got now, Jordan Montgomery, has been beyond fantastic. But you do lose something in trades. That is the dictionary definition of a trade. You are giving something up and what they gave up was some outfield defense. It feels like they're trying to make up for that right now with uh, Ben Deluzio being on the roster, but at the same time, he doesn't have the same offensive profiles as Harrison Bader. So there's a lot going on right now when it comes to the postseason roster construction, and we'll get into that. We'll talk a little blues hockey today. Marcus Scandella, he's going to be out for the next six months as uh, he has had an injury that's kind of been nagging him for a while, and now he's had to have surgery because of it. So we'll get into that coming up in our second hour. uh, Bob Ramsey is going to join us. We've got a lot to talk about with him. Cardinal baseball, slew basketball, Lindenwood football. He's got his hands all over the place. So we'll uh, do that with him coming up in just a bit. But up next, Carter Chapley from STL Today and the uh, Post-Dispatch STL Pinchets. He'll join us. We'll get his thoughts on Nolan Gorman. We'll do that next at Sports Open Line on KMOX.
0: You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Too,
1: too more risk, more. Too more.
0: You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the mark of the fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
1: Albert Pujols comes to bat. Cardinal slugger Albert Pujols talks with Tom Ackerman Mondays at 9.50. He hits a fly ball left field. And it's gone! exclusively on the voice of the Cardinals, KMOX.
2: Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. My name's Matt Pauley. We've got a late night tonight. We'll get to our Cardinals baseball coverage begins in a little bit more than an hour And uh, they open up a series against the Padres tonight. One person who is not in San Diego with the club, Nolan Gorman. He has been sent back to AAA Memphis while Juan Yepes gets called up to talk about that. And much, much more. Very happy to uh, bring in a guy who covers the Cardinals for the post-dispatch. STL Today, STL Pinchets. He is Carter Chapley. You can follow him on Twitter at Chapley Media. Carter, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. We always appreciate uh, getting in a few moments with you
3: and i always appreciate
2: being here thanks for having me let's uh let's get to the nolan gorman thing because obviously he had been struggling his numbers in september were bad a 138 average one home run uh a 529 ops a 210 on base a 310 slug like none of his numbers were good in in, in september and now he goes down and you kind of lose some power off the bench what was your takeaway to that transaction being made
3: yeah, I, I think it's about getting him opportunities to succeed in the future. I know when he struggled in the middle of July, especially when the team was just about to head to Toronto, I asked Ollie about, you know, Ollie Marmol, that is about, you know, like what is it to get him back going? And he said it's about reps. Like he's mentally someone who can kind of make adjustments and push through that kind of thing. Like he, like he's going to be able to put that work in. It's just about getting reps. And so I, I get the sense from this is that they want him to go get opportunities. And, you know, you don't want him – getting those opportunities in the middle of a playoff race up here, if he's basically a guaranteed out right now. So, I mean, I I don't think this is giving up on him by any means. I think this is getting him opportunities and giving Juan Yepes another shot because he's been having some, I mean, some pretty good success down in Memphis.
2: Yeah, and let me, say, let me just add on to that. They're not giving up on them like that in, in no way, shape, or form. Yeah. It's, it's a very normal thing for young players to get to the big leagues for the first time, even top-level prospects, and eventually have a trip back to AAA. Like there's, there is nothing weird or unique or rare about what's going on here. So I, I'm with you right there. I guess my next question would be, why did it take them so long to do it?
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I, I I think they were kind of holding out hope that he was going to make that adjustment and be available for them down the stretch. I know that, you know, they like the idea of having that all-hands team up the middle with uh, uh, Paul DeYoung and, and Tommy Edmund at second base and, and having that best defensive lineup. But it really just comes down to the fact that you can't, like, you have the chance to move him down now. Uh, you can't have two guaranteed outs. I know at the second game of that doubleheader they had, Uh, Gorman and DeYoung up the middle, and it just didn't really work out the way you want it to. Um, I don't know why now of all times. I mean, Memphis only has, what, a week left in the regular season for them, so I'm not quite sure. Uh, But I guess it's better late than never to a certain extent.
2: One thing this does now is we're going to see Brendan Donovan up the middle a little bit more.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so funny because he's a guy who, I mean – uh, Marmal has said it before, you put him in the lineup and then you find out where he's playing later based on whoever he's going to play. So, yeah, plenty more opportunities for him. And you move Tommy Edmond over to shortstop, and, and, you know, that's not his best defensive position. He is a gold glove second baseman after all. But he's, I mean, that's a pretty solid, you know, those two guys at their, at their natural position, especially Donovan there, rather than having to play third base or left field. that That's not so bad.
2: What I'm kind of trying to figure out here is, the way the roster is going to be constructed in the postseason and there's nothing that says that they can't bring Gorman back up and have him as a as a power bat off the bench and maybe he gets some momentum, maybe he hits some some home runs at Memphis in the final week of the season and uh you feel better about him. But when you're looking at roster construction for the postseason, you really like to have that left-handed power bat available to come off the bench. And with him at AAA, and you look at the guys who are essentially, now, Yep has, has power, but it's, it's obviously a different situation. And then you're looking at uh, Deluzio and Burleson. All those guys are kind of contending for that final one or two spots on the roster. And, and you like that Gorman power probably more than the other.
3: Yeah, he's, he's at least displayed at being there at the major league level thus far, right? Like, it, it's, it's earlier this year where he was a genuine power bat off the bench, and he showed he could do it. Now, the book gets out on him a little bit, and he has to make an adjustment to hitting particularly high fastballs. But you're right. Like, it is a bit of a an odd question. I, I mean, I'd like to think Alec Burleson can be that guy. I really believe in him. I think he's got the right approach. He's a professional hitter in that sense. And considering he was just drafted two years ago, that's pretty amazing. But I, I think he has the potential to be that guy and could really step up over this, you know, final couple of weeks. But you're you're right, having that, especially an infielder who can do that as a pinch hitter, a defensive replacement, can start games. That is a certain value that you're missing, that you're losing. But hopefully, by sending him down to get momentum, you're right. Like that can be what kickstarts him into being a real genuine power hitter for you at the major league level you just kind of have to get him there first.
2: Yeah, Burleson's interesting because I mean his the power has been there in the minors. His 2021 minors year, 22 home runs. This year at Memphis, he had 20 home runs. I mean it's it's not prodigious power, but it's it's good. Uh he hasn't shown it yet at the major league level. At the same time, he's played seven major league games.
3: Yeah, and the thing I like about Burleson most is that he can do things at the plate that a lot of guys uh, his age and his level haven't been able to show, you know, just things like he can send a ball the other way when it's given to him on an outside pitch. You know, like it's it's little things. He lays down that bunt the other night. You know, it's just these little things that I, I really think he's going to be able to put it together eventually to where he's going to be, if, if not this year, next year, an everyday contributor. I, I have a lot of faith in that guy, just from what I've seen from him do at Memphis.
2: All right, so I've seen this a lot in baseball where late in the season, one team is really playing for something, and the other team isn't playing for something, and just feels like the games aren't very even. I'm worried about that for this series because I know the Cardinals haven't won the division yet, but they're they're en route to doing that. The Padres are fighting tooth and you know nail, claw, whatever the, the they're fighting, scratching, clawing right now, uh, tooth and nail to try to um, try to get into the postseason. It just feels like this is a series that is not completely even in that, and what's at stake for the two teams, if that makes sense?
3: Yeah. So, first, I I find it interesting because it's almost a direct opposite from what they just came off of with Cincinnati, where their season's done. And at the very least, the Cardinals are looking to, you know, go into the postseason hot, and it kind of didn't play out the way you thought it would. But the one thing I I do think as well, though, to kind of give some hope to the Cardinals fans who want them to, Continue to play hard is that I think that team, you know, that locker room really feels like they can catch the NL East leader. Like they, they really think that, you know, even though there's a very limited number of games left, they think they can do it. They can win enough games and win every day to get that uh, first round bye. And I don't think that they're going to settle just for uh, winning the division. I think they're going to really, until they're done, until it's game 162, or until they're told they can't do it anymore. I really think they're going to go after it because that's kind of the makeup that that room has generally.
2: I'll finish you off with this. Uh, Pools, does he get 700 during this road trip?
3: Uh, I hope so. I'll be in Milwaukee, and I'm hoping to cover that. Um, so I'll hold out for that. But uh, as much as I think it would be nice for him to do it at, um, at Bush Stadium, um, I think there's some emotional ties, especially going to Los Angeles. Um, and then, you know, Milwaukee's a bit more of a hitter's park. So I think there's some opportunities out there for him that he could do it. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say, yes, he does it on this road trip.
2: All right. Very good. Actually, I, I lied. One more thing for you. Uh, and I know you yeah. obviously you having uh, you being Canadian and, and just being all very understanding of what's going on uh, there and in, in the border. It came out today that. Canada is going to be easing some of the COVID-related border restrictions. That's potentially happening uh, still during the postseason time, but before the World Series. That can actually potentially impact things in the baseball playoffs.
3: Yeah, it could. It, I mean, it, I, I I think it was what? Was it September 30th or October 30th? Um, that it, that it would be taking place when Canada will no longer be requiring uh, what's called their their arrive can app which checks your uh vaccination status.
2: End of is, September. Uh, so September thirtieth.
3: Yeah, so it could it could play or it could play a role. Um but it I mean it makes it I think it takes away from that conversation we had in July where uh you you have to worry about anybody that is like not being able to take their full team up to Toronto for a potential uh in the AL uh, wild card, at ALCS, and ALDS, and then ultimately into the World Series. So, um, I'm interested to see how the United States responds because that is still a thing that the Toronto players love to deal with going south for their playoffs. Hmm. Uh, but, but I mean, it's just an interesting uh, little factoid. It, it uh, fortunately it'll make my life traveling up to. Uh, it up for Christmas a little bit easier,
2: though. All right, very good, Carter. Really appreciate your time and uh, your thoughts on everything. Uh, encourage, encourage people to uh, read you STL today, STL Pinch Hits, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, of course, in the St. Louis Post Dispatch, uh, the uh, the overall umbrella of everything going on. Thank you so much for your time, as always. Thank you for having me. All right, there's Carter Chapley joining us here on Sports Open Line. I'm I have no uh, I have no prediction on this. I don't know if we're gonna see Nolan Gorman as a Cardinal again this year. I don't know. Uh, do, I, maybe it depends on what he does at Memphis and the limited opportunities he's going to have there. But does his power like that? That's the thing. His his power bat. You want to have that left-handed power bat. All due respect to to Juan Yepes and what he has done from power standpoint. He's a right-handed bat. You want that left-handed power that Gorman gives you. So in a perfect world, he's on your roster. I just, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see him again this year. We'll see what he does at Memphis. All right, we'll continue this conversation, continue the conversation about uh, roster construction and what it will look like in the postseason. Is Gorman part of it? Is as part of it? Deluzio Burleson. Like, we can start talking about this now. What does that roster look like as they head to the postseason? We'll discuss it next. at Sports Open Line on KMOX.
1: Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. You bet! This is
2: Sports Open Line on KMOX. Continuing on as we get you ready for Cardinals baseball tonight. We're still uh, about an hour away from uh, actually getting started with our pregame show Cardinals and Padres opening up a series against each other this evening. Adam Wainwright on the mound as uh, he will look to uh, add to his record that he has. Yadier Molina is in the lineup. I got to check that. I haven't looked at the lineup. I assume that Molina is in the lineup today, that they will add to their record every single time out. Bringing up the lineup and... Yes, he is in the lineup, so they will add to the record. Brendan Donovan, by the way, starting today at second base. He's going to lead off, and Tommy Edmond is the shortstop. We're going to see a lot of that uh, alignment. Nolan Gorman down. And, you know, Gorman getting sent down, it doesn't really impact the team a lot right now, just in the sense that he hasn't been playing and he hasn't been producing. That's the other thing. Even if he would have been playing, but he hasn't been producing. I gave you his September numbers, one thirty-eight. One home run, two RBIs, appearing in ten games. August was better, but not by a lot. He was a two thirty-one hitter with two home runs and eight RBIs. So really, uh, and in July he hit two eleven with uh, he had five home runs. So the, the power was there. You got to go back a ways. I mean, he had that hot start in his 10 games that he played uh, in the month of May, hit 387 uh, as he got into the month of June, uh, still hit some home runs, but he, he just hasn't really been able to put it together for an extended period of time. And now he is back to Memphis. It does create the question on what do you want to see from a roster construction standpoint? A text message uh, from the five seven three said, "I would rather have Nolan Gorman on the playoff roster uh, before uh, Paul DeYoung." That came from uh, Fred in Columbia, Missouri. So yeah, that's um, the the DeYoung thing is interesting because he was so he struggled so much to start the season, and then he went down and he came back and it was really good when he came back. But he's another guy who's really been struggling. His his numbers in the month of August, 179. His numbers in the month of September, even worse. In the month of September, Paul DeYoung was a 118 hitter and did not drive in a run. Did not drive in a run. Had a 368 OPS. That's, That's not good. A 118 slug. Like, the numbers were not good. So what do you do about those spots on the roster where it feels like they've got some depth right now, is in the outfield because you've got a Ben DeLuzio, you've got an Alc Burleson, you've got these guys who have been brought up. And DeLuzio being on the roster, he does two things for you. He is a really high-end defensive outfielder. The Cardinals had not had that on the roster since the trade of Harrison Bader. And we saw that play out at times. There were times where Dylan Carlson didn't make a play. There were times that Tyler O'Neill was playing center field, and he didn't make a play the outfield defense since the Harrison Bader trade has not been as good. That doesn't mean they shouldn't have made that trade. The team overall has been better. What Jordan Montgomery has been able to do for you uh, in that period, that is one of the best trades that happened at the deadline, but you did give something up. Uh, Danny Vietti, who uh, is the host of the Wake and Rake podcast, tweeted out earlier today, just in the time that Harrison Bader was on the injured list, Jordan Montgomery, in his time with the Cardinals, had a 2.35 ERA and uh, a war of 1.1, which is really good. And nine A 1.1 war in nine starts is pretty incredible. To put that in perspective, uh, an Aaron Judge, who plays on an everyday basis, his war is about 10. So, he plays every single day and is playing at MVP level. And... What he has done this season is only 10 times what Jordan Montgomery has done in nine starts for the Cardinals. So I hope that puts into perspective a little bit just how good Montgomery has been uh, since becoming a Cardinal. But the outfield defense has not been as good. Ben Deluzio's on this roster. Deluzio is a great fit for the playoff roster because he does two things for you. He creates a ton of speed and he creates really good outfield defense. I think the only thing that you get a little bit worried about is one of those situations where you're up by one or two runs in the seventh, eighth, ninth innings, and you go to Deluzio and he goes to center field, and the team that you're playing ends up tying the game and it goes to extra innings and you've got Deluzio in there. And all of a sudden he comes up to the plate in a situation where you really need a bat, where you got a a really good run scoring opportunity, runners on less than two outs, that sort of spot. And maybe he doesn't perform because his bat hasn't done it yet at the big league level, tiny sample size, only 12 games, only six at bats. Uh, but he's, he's just one for six. He's got a 167 average. He's not on the roster, though, because of his bat. He's there because of his legs. And he's there because of what he can do from an outfield defense perspective. And I would be shocked at this point. I would be beyond shocked at this point if Deluzio is not on the postseason roster. He fills a role. That's one of the things that I I feel like I'm in the minority on this one. I miss the full roster expansion when you had the 40 guys that you could call up now what people will tell you who like this rule going up to 28 as opposed to going up to 40 what people will tell you is this is more fair because you would have some organizations that didn't like to spend money so they didn't want to add 10 extra major league salaries to the roster for a month so they wouldn't expand their roster as much. And then you had other teams that maybe were fighting for a playoff spot or teams that had lots of money, and they had no problem adding all these major league salaries. So there was no requirement to have 40. You could bring up as many as you wanted, and it it became a situation where not all teams were built with the same number of players on the roster, and that doesn't really seem fair. What I've always thought is if I was the one making the rules – the rule that I would make is you can call up the 40-man roster, but you would have to declare a game day roster, whether it's 26 or 28 or 29 or 30, whatever the number they choose is. But you can have all these guys up, and but then once you actually go into the game, you only have a certain number of guys available. What that would do for you is it would help out the bullpen because if you've got a guy who pitches out of the bullpen and gives you six, seven, eight outs, then you can have him basically inactive the next day or inactive for the next two days. And a relief pitcher that was not on the active roster, you could go to him. So to me, that would be the the best of both worlds where you're not expanding the rosters to a point where two teams can look totally different but you're also giving guys an opportunity. So that's how I would do it. You would have to declare a game-day roster. The other side of this, and it's not something that a lot of people really care about that much, there's a lot of guys out there who they spend their entire careers, for the most part, playing in the minor leagues, and their only opportunities to play in the big leagues have come in September, or some of their few opportunities to play in the big leagues have come in September when the rosters expand and i always liked that i like that story i like the fact that guys can get a little extra service time that helps with the pension when their career comes to an end there's just a lot of good stuff there but then bringing it back to deluzio which is where i started with all this it was a very common thing you would see this happen all the time where a um, a player would uh, be signed by an organization around September 1st or so right as those rosters are going to expand a guy whose skill set was speed a guy whose skill set was really high level defense and they would come into the organization and you would basically have the de facto pinch runner um, and yeah, you, you they would be available to you as, the, as a pinch runner and then you would use them in the postseason that was always a pretty normal thing and we just don't see that as much anymore So that's Deluzio. Deluzio is taking a spot right now on the roster really as a designated defensive outfielder and also as somebody who can uh, use his legs and uh, create some stolen base opportunities. Although so far he doesn't have a stolen base. 0-for-1 in stolen base attempts so far for Deluzio. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Getting you set for Cardinals baseball tonight. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on Tuesday night. We're less than an hour out from our coverage of St. Louis Cardinals baseball. They're opening up a series tonight against the Padres. So earlier in the program, I asked uh, for people to text in, when they thought pulse would hit his 700th, whether it was going to happen on this road trip, uh, whether it was going to happen when the team comes back, whether it was going to happen against uh, Pittsburgh in that final weekend or that final series of the year. Uh, got a few text messages. This one caught me a little bit off guard, and I don't know if this is a one of those vocal minority type things or if this is a, an, like a, a, a feeling that still exists among Cardinal fans. Uh, but somebody texted in. Hopefully, never should have never left. Are there still are there still a group of people out there that's still bitter about Pauls leaving for the Angels all those years ago? Is that still a thing, or is this something that is just kind of a, a random person out there? If there's a lot, I, mean, I I never hear that. It seems like this entire city right now is pulling for it. I was sitting down with my wife earlier today. Our daughter has her weekly dance class on uh, on Tuesdays, and we were waiting for her to get done with that. And we were just talking, and we were talking about pools, and people around us started like talking about pools. It's like that's all people in this city are talking about. So that one left me—I uh, was a little bit surprised by that one. Before we wrap up the hour, I saw this tweet today. Um, it came from—so— um, this was the tweet. It came from uh, Aisha Sultan, who is a, a columnist with uh, STL Today, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, she tweeted out, Received some bad news via shady press release on this Fine Taco Tuesday. Hashtag Taco Tuesday. St. Louis ranks among the worst taco cities with fewer taco places than average, lower Yelp scores, and a taco interest score—that's a thing—a taco interest score of just fifty-eight point nine out of a hundred, according to Google Trends data. We can do better, people. Is that—is this a—is this a bad Taco City, Matt Pajeski, producer extraordinaire? Do you think we need to do better in our tacos in uh, in St. Louis?
3: I thought we were doing a pretty good job up until I heard that. Yeah, I know plenty of. You know, good spots for tacos. What's
2: your taco spot?
3: I really like Mission Taco. I like Soul Taco. Cherokee Street's got a lot of good taco places, but I didn't really know that that we were uh, lacking compared to other cities up until today.
2: I don't know either. People can text. I'm I'm very curious about this now because I've, again, I, I grew up in St. Louis, but I've been away for 20 years. I love a good taco. I don't know what the best taco in St. Louis is, Text in your favorite taco places at 314-436-7900, and I will start doing the Lord's work and going from uh, taco place to taco place, and I'll try to figure out whether or not uh, this is true, that we are indeed one of the worst taco cities. It should be noted just because maybe the Mexican restaurants are, are not great doesn't I – mean, you know, there's a difference between a Mexican restaurant and a taco place. Now, sometimes obviously, Mexican restaurants serve tacos. I can't remember it. We were – like two uh, weekends ago, we went to the Eckert's Fun Farm in Millstat and we were coming back, and we stopped at a, at a Mexican restaurant in Columbia, Illinois – Oh, I can't remember. It was really good. I have no recollection whatsoever. There was a billboard for it as we were driving in. I can't remember what the name of it was. I can't think that there are that many Mexican restaurants in Columbia, Illinois. Uh, but uh, it was really good. It was very, very good. So, and we had tacos there, and they had a pretty solid taco. So, if you want to give a vote for your favorite taco place. 314-436-7900. This all coming down because according to a press release, St. Louis ranks among the worst taco cities in the country with a taco interest score of 58.9 out of 100. And uh, I guess we can do better. I guess we can do better. And we got to work on that. All right. Our number one of sports open line or taco open line. It is in the books for now. Uh, Bob Ramsey's going to join us coming up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. Talk Cardinal baseball, slew basketball, and Lindenwood football. And we'll get you set for the Cardinals and the Padres tonight. Back after this here on KMOX.